Hello and welcome back to the Charlie Jacobs Podcast. Today is May 28th, it is 11.40am Eastern Time, it is Sunday, and I am going to be talking about flopping again, and just some more ideas with some rules for the NBA, and then I'm going to go on and talk a little bit about some football, and yeah, that's it. Um, So going back to what I talked about two weeks ago with the flopping, um, so the main the main rule is that what I think they should do is that for flopping, there should be people, the people in New York who normally look at the fouls and stuff when the coaches challenge or when the refs look at them. These guys determine if there's a flop, and then whenever they determine that there is so, at the start of the next quarter, there would be free throws for each flop, and then in the last four minutes of the game, each flop is two free throws, and that and that makes it so that the coaches say at the end of the first quarter if. The start of the second quarter, there's like five free throws for one team because of flops. The coach is going to tell the players to not flop. And this would really change things because the coaches would be telling their team to stop harming their own teams because of flopping. And that would be a big deal because not only does not only does it make the players want to stop flopping because it hurts their team, but it also makes the coaches really upset and it could lead to pe- them benching people for flopping. Like right now they have in place some fighting rules and, and with all these, with all these fighting rules, um, it's, um, let's see, it's $5,000 for the, for the first, for the first fine. The second fine is 10,000. The third is 15,000. The fourth fine is 30,000. And then, and then if you have more flops beyond that, you may get suspended. But we've never really seen someone get suspended. Um, somewhat, a player who's actually on the Celtics, he's a huge player in this series right now, now that the Celtics are tied up 3-3 again. Marcus Smart, in his career, has lost $10,000 for excessive flopping. To put that in context, Marcus Smart right now is on a $76.5 million extension after his ahead of the 2021 and 2022 season. So Marcus Smart losing... $10,000 of that, that's $76.5 million is nothing. It's uh, The average NBA salary is $9.6 million, so these $5,000, $10,000 fines are less than 1% of, these, of most of these players' earnings, so these fines really don't do anything, and all these fines do is tell people, oh, I could get away with it and just pay this little amount of money, so having it, harm, having it affect the team in a bad way for the team, which leads to free throws, really puts a really will make the coach emphasize how bad flopping is, and also make the players think, "Oh, I can't do this because then it would not only hurt my team overall, but it'll also hurt my relationships with my teammates because because I'm causing them possibly the game if the other team gets a couple free throws and they win by let's say three points, but and they just had an advantage of three flop free throws, and so also to go along with this." I mentioned something about the coach's challenge, and since then, on Twitter, Chris Haynes has come out and said that the NBA's competition committee is in dis- is in serious discussion about awarding teams a second and, and and final challenge if the first challenge is successful, which could begin next season. I brought that up, saying that if the coach's challenge is successful, they should get one more and only one more. But and now that the NBA is actually talking about this, it could. It could come to fruition, which I think is really cool. And um, there's rumors that it might that they might test it during the summer league. And if people say that the games are too long because of that, then it only. But then it could really change some of those bad calls that could be due to flopping. Um, another thing too is that I want to discuss about is how right now 
in the end of the games, especially in these playoffs, there's there's been some questionable referee play. I'm not saying that the refs are bad, but as a fan, I when I watch the game, I would rather be watching for the players. These und- All these undrafted players in the Heat who are playing real quality minutes on a team that could be going to the finals. Watching players like Nikola Jokic, who I've never seen before. Watching, watching players like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown coming back down 0-3 in this series to bring it back to Game 7 in Boston. Watching LeBron, who's almost 40 years old, still playing at such a high level. Um, it's amazing just what's going on in the NBA. There's so much talent, and to have a lot of the talk around flopping and the refs really takes away from that part of the game. So also to go along with that flopping, Shams actually tweeted out that the NBA's competition committee is also discussing the potential of an in-game penalty for flops. That could result in technical foul free throws, and they also might try this at the Summer League, and this is this is a huge debate topic, especially in these playoffs, with also people like Steve Van Gundy, and after, especially after that D'Angelo Russell and Jamal Murray incident in, I believe it was game two, where, where, the, um, where Steve Van Gundy came out and said, what happened to the game I love, and the officials kind of took over, it was the, it was the late third quarter of that game, when, and the, um, it's a whole debate now, because there's some fouls that are getting called that a lot of people don't think are fouls, and... It's very controversial now, and there's a lot there's a lot behind it, but the refs are also trying to do their job, so I'm not saying they need to completely be uninvolved because then that would also ruin the game, but it feels like they're getting too involved at some points. And one more thing that I really feel strongly about is the in-game coach interviews, player interviews. At the end of the game, an interview, that's fine. That's a different story. But when they do those interviews, they do it in between the first and second quarter, then in between the third and fourth quarter. And then they show it in a little box when you're going into the second quarter for the first half and going to the fourth quarter for the second half. They interview a coach, but those interviews have no information from the coaches. And also at the end of the first half when they interview a player, it's usually someone who's just coming off the court and they get almost no information out of them as well. Um, it was, uh, I think, I believe it was game four when it was Lakers Nuggets and the, and they interviewed Tristan Thompson. He did play, he did play a little bit in that game and he actually played some pretty good minutes, but him playing, but not, not just the playing part, but also him getting the interview and him giving actual quality answers is made me think that there should be interviews for veteran players or players that have been on the bench and not playing directly because they can actually give some real insight into their game and into how their teammates are playing and into how they're building their teammates up and how they're supporting them from the bench. Like for the Heat, you interview like Udonis Haslam. If you're the Nuggets, you interview someone like DeAndre Jordan, like the Lakers, they did Tristan Thompson. The Celtics, you have guys like Blake Griffin on the bench who you can interview. There's a whole... There's a whole new aspect that you could use to this, which I think is fascinating. And another another thing is, um, like, why not ask a fan that's or a celebrity fan that's always at these games? Like for the Knicks, you ask like Spike Lee to you interview. You ask him if he's okay with an interview. You ask her, whoever's doing this, and you ask this person if they're okay with an interview. And if they say yes, then then you could ask them about about what they see that the fans watching from from their couches or from wherever that they're watching on TV, what they don't see. Like, I knew some people who were at Game 7 of Celtic Sixers, and they said that Embiid looked gas, but when you were watching from TV, you couldn't tell. Like, at in the commercial breaks, Embiid was hands on his knees down, just 
casping for air. He he needed to catch his breath, but the casual fan watching from home couldn't really see that. And I think hearing some stuff about that would also be very interesting and add to more of the complexity of these interviews and actually make more people want to listen to them. Because all of this is, it's kind of, they kind of put it in there and it feels forced. And also, even though it is like 15, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, you still want, you're still missing 30 seconds of the game because this coach interview is taking up such a large part of your TV. Um, anyways, now that, now I'm going to go on to talk about what's actually going on in the playoffs. I'm, I still think the Nuggets win the title, whether they play the Celtics or the Heat. What the Celtics are doing is amazing. Last night, after Jimmy hit those three free throws, I thought it was over. And then, of course, it's Marcus Smart with the shot. It falls out. Derek White tips it in. Amazing. Um, that, that whole series is crazy that the Celtics are coming back. But at the same time, it's also crazy what the Heat have done this whole playoffs as an eight seed with all these undrafted players losing Tyler Hero. Kevin Love is now completely out of the rotation. Um, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo really struggled early in that game in, in game six. But then at the end, they started to pick it up. And it's just crazy how that game ended. And now it's going back to seven. The Celtics are about eight point eight-point favorites in Boston for Game 7. And if they win, they go to the finals. It'll be the first ever 3 comeback in NBA history. It's happened in other sports. It's happened with another Boston team in baseball, actually, with the Red Sox when they beat the Yankees. But that's a whole other story. But still, it's really, really cool to see this. And then you obviously have Jokic. You have the Nuggets. Jamal Murray's playing like he did in the bubble. Everyone thought he was the bubble Murray when, when it was happening in the bubble. And then he got hurt, and he missed two playoffs. But... If he was healthy, there's no saying. There, there's a good argument to make that the Nuggets could have been in the same position because Jokic has been this same special player for this is the third year he's been this special, and it's amazing to watch him. It's amazing that he always hustles down back and down the court. Unlike Embiid, he's you never see him panting and gasping for air, and he always knows where to make the right play. And when you look at him, he's he's this guy. He's a little bit overweight. He's and like a shot form's not the prettiest, but everything that he does is is down to a T. And it's just amazing when you watch him play the game because in my generation, I've never seen someone do that at his size and just how he sees the court. It's like he's a point guard with the vision. And also his defense in the playoffs has not been that bad, which is something else that he got crit- criticized for a lot. Um, yeah, and then now in the for the Celtics, I mean... Going back to the Celtics Heat series, Marcus Smart is actually playing very well this playoffs. Uh, going into it, I was like, oh, he hasn't been great. Um, he does not look like he did last season, but he has been playing better. I still don't love when he's taking the last shot, but you still have that. And then going back to the Heat, they're three, the three, I, I guess I call it the trio of undrafted players, the three best, uh, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, and Kayla Martin. Um, it's crazy that they all bring such different thing, different aspects of basketball to the game. Schuster's is a great shooter. Vincent's a really good facilitator. He actually reminds me a little bit of Lowry. And then Martin's just this downhill scorer who some of his reverse layups make me make me in awe. They it's amazing to see what he could do. And nobody really was talking about this. He does have a contract. He is under contract for the next few, for no, next couple of years. But Vincent and Struess are both free agents and. Just seeing that whole team and how I thought they were going to be out round one. I thought they were going to get there. I thought they were going to get. I thought the Bucks were going to destroy them. I thought they were going to beat them for nothing. I thought they were going to sweep them. But now to see them a game away from the finals, it was even 0.1 seconds away from the finals last game. But it's just, it's an amazing playoffs. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And now I also want to talk a little bit about football and DeAndre Hopkins just got released. Um, D Hop, if you're listening, I. I hope you are, but come to the Giants. Please give Daniel Jones that 
alpha weapon. It'll be you and Waller. It'll be amazing. We'll win the Super Bowl, hopefully. But D-Hop, come to the Giants. Um, we'd love to have you. And, yeah, full NFL season starting soon. The draft was awesome. I'm happy to have the Giants drafted. A lot of teams did pretty well in the draft. I'm still a little bit... I still don't really know how to feel about the Texans taking Stroud and then trading up to get Will Anderson. I thought maybe they'd just take Will Anderson and try to wait for Caleb Williams the next year because he's going to be amazing. And we also got Marvin Harrison Jr. next year, which is in a whole other story. He's one of the best wide receivers prospects in a while, best since Megatron. And yeah, I can't wait for this NFL season. Um, I just think it's going to be great. And then, uh, and then also, I know I don't talk about baseball in here. Just wanted to bring up one thing. So my family's very big Met fans. And Buck, if you can hear this, play the kids, play Alvarez, play Beatty, play Vientos. Alvarez is one of the best young players I've ever seen. And he's getting better every day and he's playing really well. So keep playing him. Um, thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, have a good one.